Um, and when we when we can have that view and understanding of his character, I feel like it just ushers so much freedom and so much um, grace to be able to trust um, either way, right? Like trust that you're done to tr- or to trust that um, there's there's more to come or that you're in a pause or what I like to trust him in whatever circumstance you're in, um, that he's going to gently lead you. Holy wild birth is a podcast embracing the reclamation of giving birth rooted in God's original design undisturbed here. We share homebirth stories, highlighting God's presence as the great midwife as well as conversations about all aspects of a holistic, spirit-led childbearing year. From the perspectives of myself, traditional midwife Lauren Hall, of Rooted in Eden Private Contract Association, and me, holistic doula and birthkeeper Brooke Collier, of Sister Birth. To choose a holy wild birth journey is to consecrate all your decisions unto the Lord. And to reclaim creation unadulterated by centuries of human attempts to control and improve upon what God has already called good. Please remember, birth is not a medical event, but a natural process. We are not your care providers, and this should not be taken as medical advice. Hi, friend. Hello. How are you today? Great. 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 Very excited. Yes, I am. I'm very excited about today's topic. Um, It's one that I have wrestled with, and I know um, so many women, so many of his daughters wrestle with. And uh, yep, me too. My my prayer is that um, it is just salted with grace, and um, that that all our listeners leave today just feeling heard um, in some way. That you know that that the Lord mm-hmm. just lets them feel heard in their heart um, by Him, and that uh, they get just grace and freedom to walk whatever path yes. He has for them. Um, because they look so different. Everybody's path on this particular topic is so very different and so individualized. And, uh, and yeah, I just hope to offer more freedom in this area in that. Mm-hmm. In that way. So. Uh, agree. And yet I also feel like there would, there are camps that would have us believe that it isn't individual for each person and that there is yes. a one right way, right? Like there's very opinionated people on both sides of this for topic sure. of fertility and Absolutely. what we do with it as Christians. And I, we just want you guys to know as listeners that Lord and I's heart is not to direct you to one strong stance on any side, but to point you as usual, I guess you probably expect this from us at this point, but to point you back to a conversation and in the intimacy of your relationship with the Lord on this question with your husband um, and not to be prescriptive, but just to bring up things to consider and think about. Um, and yeah, 
Um, but we had these kind of two ditches that we just wanted to kind of <laughs> express because you probably heard both of these. And um, what we mean by ditches is like there's a path. And I think most of us are going to be somewhere in the middle of this path. But off of one side, there's this idea of the, the quiverful movement, like which essentially says have as many babies as you can have as long as you are fertile with no um, inter like no ways of trying to stop it at all. <laughs> so you'll just continue um, without any blocking or interfering, without any planning to leave your womb radically and completely open to the Lord. Um, and sometimes that one can go even so far as to almost make it sound like the the mother's life is inconsequential. Like at its at its extreme worst, I would say it doesn't have to be that way, but um, that it almost can become like a sort of a puppy mill mentality, like that the mother is a puppy mill, like just, have, just turn them out, turn them out, Lord on you have as many babies as you can. Um, and so I do think there's a way to radically trust your womb to the Lord that doesn't have to look unhealthy, but I have also seen it look really unhealthy and yeah. troublesome to me. Would you agree, Lauren? Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And I think, you know, really, on both ditches, which we'll get to the, the other one in, in just a second. But I think in both ditches, it's really about a heart posture. And I think we say that a lot, um, you know, in most of the topics that we come to, it's that, you know, in all things, we have freedom, but not everything is beneficial <laughs> type of mentality yeah. here. But also just recognizing that, like, you know, wherever you fall in your fertility, like this is about a heart posture and what do you believe God thinks of you and your family and mm -hmm. like his perspective over us and over us as women and our value as women in creation. Um, that's going to inform this so much. And so you might be a person that, that God told leave your fertility up to him. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to fall in the dominion mandate quiverful viewpoint. Um, and I'll share my story a little bit on that later on. Yeah. Um, because I, I am one of those people, right? But um, I'm not a quiver. I don't fall into that belief system. Um, but I think it comes down to my view of what I think he, you know, what I know he believes of me and thinks of me and see how he sees me as mm -hmm. um, a beloved daughter. Um, and that he cares for me. And so there's that, you know, it's a heart posture rather than a practical, what are you doing thing? It's not about the action. Yes. Yes. So good. Yeah. And then on the other extreme side can be the one of like, <clears throat> this is, you know, it's probably irresponsible to actually have too many children, whatever too many means. <laughs> and if you don't have a certain amount of income or a certain kind of house or whatever resources, the ability to give your children a certain kind of life, then you should cap, kind of cap your fertility or, or you just want to cap your fertility because you have other pursuits that you want to go after that feel or are important to you. Um, and then I, I see, I almost feel like I see this one more in the, in the church background I grew up in. It's so like you're coming into marriage, like, how many children do you think you want to have? It's like one of the first questions you ask. You talk about a premarital counseling, you kind of decide on a number, and then you kind of set forth to have that number of children in the spacing that you have kind of think seems best. And then once you have that number of children, you close the door on your fertility, often by surgical means um, or extended 
natural family planning, I suppose, um, or other forms of birth control, um, hormonal birth control or barrier methods, whatever. The, the point being, we have reached the number we decided and now we're done. Um, and what's curious about that one to me is, have you consulted with the Lord about that number? <laughs> or is it just like, this seems good and right to us. I had three kids in my family growing up. You had two. So we'll probably have two or three children. When we, we so often tell people to seek the Lord's counsel on where to go to school or what job to take, where to live, et cetera. But it seems like we're not counseling young couples to go to the Lord for his counsel on their family size. Right. Um, and so that, again, if it's carried out to its extreme, can really just be a, a lot of self-sufficiency and like self-determination that just kind of closes God out of that part of your life. And since we know that God is pretty much always after our hearts, he just wants to be with us. Like, I know we're like slamming that door. Like, you can't come in here. Like, this room is closed to you. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, at that point, you're re- literally at the point of telling the creator of life that he cannot create life um, through you. And I mean, that that definitely brings up some serious theological concerns in my heart. I'm like, hmm, can we do that um, and be, again, heart posture, not saying, you know, like if it's time and the Lord tells you to, to you're done, then that's a whole other, a whole other thing. But the, the not inviting Absolutely. you in on either one of these. And I think that's really the theme on both of those mm-hmm. ditches. Is yeah, you're right. Saying he's already said it, and I am mandated to just put out all of the children as absolutely possible that I could have in the time that I, you know, have fertile a fertile cycle, and you know, I decide how many children I get to ha- I'm going to carry, and I, you know, my finances decide it, my life life situation decides it, my feelings decide it, um, but neither one is actually letting God truly be mm-hmm. in relationship with you and lead and guide your every moment and every day um, in these huge, huge, um, you know, family size, family planning subject. I mean, I don't know that it, like, this is, this is a, a huge thing for your family, um, life altering, literally. So um, yeah, we definitely just want to invite you to um, if you find yourself in either one of these ditches, first, we want to say there's grace and that there's no condemnation, mm-hmm. um, but but let this be an invitation to go, wow, okay, this is a heart check. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover my toes and take a deep breath and just um, listen in for how um, you might hear the voice of the Lord over your family um, and, you know have these conversations with the Lord, have these conversations with your husband and, um, and be in unity, all three of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. All three. Yes. Yes. That's so good. Mm-hmm. So where do we go from here? Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I am opinionated about a lot of things and have like, I think there's important things to consider, even though yeah. the final word is like, you need to have the conversation with the Lord. But yes. um, do you want to share your story maybe a little bit, like about how you came to your conclusion and why? Yeah, absolutely. Or not your conclusion, so, again, that, but your, yeah. Yeah. My current, so Brooke knows my current um, walk just recently through this journey. 
Um, so, uh, basically about 12 years ago, um, the Lord made it very clear for me. And this was a, a personal conviction. It's not something I've ever put on anyone else. Um, but he did make it very, very clear. Um, very few things I say are a word of the Lord, but it was a word of the Lord over my life to leave my fertility in his hands. Um, and so I have, and I have felt. I'm going to rest you there for one second, even though you just started. Absolutely. Um, I just want to point out that we were just telling everyone to, to like seek the Lord, to like get still before him and invite him to talk and like, listen carefully. But sometimes he interrupts us. Like we're not looking for him. You were not looking for him. And he came and he's like, actually, Lauren, I have something I need to say to you about this. Right. Like, and so sometimes he does that too, which is pretty cool. That's how much he loves us. Like he, if he wants to get our attention about something, he can do it even if we're not trying to hear him. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that I I was in a place of like a heart posture to be open to hearing him. Um, Mm -hmm. But I wasn't specifically asking that question necessarily. Um, and it mm-hmm. came to me through, um, so I guess a backup a little bit, I had, uh, learned about the, um, effects of birth control. Um, in my pre-Jesus time, I had had a lot of, um, promiscuity, um, and, uh, very much trying to find love through that means, um, and very far away from the Lord for a number, number of years. And on, in that time I was on, um, the pill and, uh, I am now, you know, fast forward. I am now married. I'm pregnant with my second child. Um, and in, in the, the prenatal counseling, prenatal counseling, premarital counseling, um, you know, we had felt like, you know, like, okay, I don't know how many kids we want to have, but like, let's, you know, we, we, we hadn't put a number, but we were thinking like four or so, but it was just, we had kind of stayed somewhat open. Um, but at this point I had one and I was pregnant with the other and I got a pamphlet that was like a pro-life pamphlet and, um, learned about the effects of, um, and the abort efficient, uh, properties of birth control. And at that point, just a, a deep level of repentance and travail truly hit me um, because I had remembered a handful of times where I thought I was pregnant, but I was on the pill and, and I could kind of pinpoint, there was two specific times that I thought I was pregnant, but I didn't actually, you know, follow, you know, I didn't stay pregnant, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a wondering of like, oh, wow, do I have um, other babies because of, that I didn't, didn't get because of that birth control. Um, and I don't know that for sure. Um, but it was a, a deep enough repentance and understanding of, um, how birth control works and the language that the scientific community uses to kind of hide that, um, that just brought a, a real catalyst in my life, um, both for, you know, even, how I counsel women. I was not even on the path of being midwife at that point. Um, But just, it it was a catalyst for me and sent me really on a new path. And in that Mm -hmm. time, he did say just a very, very clear word of the Lord to like, trust my, trust you, trust me with your fertility. And so I have, and in um, my, you know, adult married life, I, I 
have been very at peace with that for the large majority of that time. Um, it was not hard. It was just something that I was able to just move with that. Um, and thankfully I've always had, uh, you know, nice spacing. I want to get my fertility back until like 18 months to two years. So I, it was, it was a very easy journey in that manner of of already having a nice, beautiful spacing. Um, I would, but I would literally get one cycle and then I would, I would be pregnant, you know? And so, um, that was how I, you know, I've had six babies and I have been pregnant or nursing for the last 15 years of my life straight. It's a long time. Yes. <laughs> and I've shared my body and I have reached the point um, up until about, uh, well, up until like last week, <laughs> two weeks, three weeks ago, something like that. Really recently <laughs> months, I was very much, I am done um, really even the last two years after I had my, my youngest, who's two and a half, I was like, I think she's done. Um, I also experienced, um, her, I uh, lost her twin early on, I uh, had a vanishing twin with her and, um, the loss of Levi really wounded my heart and just, I felt very done. I felt very, very done, you know, kind of tapping into some, some, breastfeeding, nursing aversions here recently, and just struggling. And I have been on the struggle bus until, um, like I said, a couple weeks ago, and um, was just really wrestling that out. In that time of sharing my body with a little person, my libido was in the tanks. Um, And so there's been, you know, that struggle, uh, which I think is very real and very common, um, especially if Mm -hmm. you are that place of like always nursing or always pregnant, um, your libido just is, is just naturally, uh, not, not high. And so that has been a struggle. And, um, and in the midst of that, I was, my fertility cycles coming back and my libido was, was frankly, was just through the roof. I was like, yay, it is back, but also don't touch me. <laughs> because Mentally, I did not want to get pregnant. Um, and I just was very unsure um, about about having any kind of uh, intimacy because I was so terrified of having another baby. And so this was the first time that I was actually coming up against the word that the Lord had given to me. And so it brought up naturally like, Mm -hmm. well, maybe it's a different season. Maybe I am really done. And, you know, and, and, and just kind of some bargaining happening with me and the Lord and, you know, just the, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, like, okay, God, is this still, do I still need to leave this up? Is this still open-ended or can we, you know, use barrier methods and, um, you know, and I do naturally planning. Um, so I understood my cycle and when I would be ovulating, but like, frankly, your libido is high during your ovulation. (laughs) And so that wasn't really working well for me. Um, when I had a conviction personally against barrier methods. And so, um, it was that like, just don't, I'm just not going to, (laughs) I'm just going to, pretend that my libido is still in the tanks. That's what, that's my plan. But that's, that's working for me. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't, Um, you know, spoiler alert. (laughs) So, 
Um, in that process, <laughs> I finally, you know, I'd had a handful of conversations with my husband, but frankly, they weren't, you know, I wasn't really being open. I wasn't being truthful. I was telling him, yeah, my libido's bad, but also no, you know, I don't want to, I, I need you to know how much I am done. That was the, the conversation mm-hmm. circled around often. Let me make sure that you fully understand that I do not want you to give me a child. You know, like it was, that was my, my state of mind. Um, and for me again, because that was the word the Lord had given me, it was, a um, not a healthy place for me. And so, and frankly, Mm -hmm. that was obvious, um, because of how much hopelessness, um, for lack of better word, there was, there was no joy. (laughs) There was no, um, I, I, yeah. So anyways, I, Long story short, I ended up coming to a group of my very best friends and was just like, okay, it's time to get real. This is what's been going on with me for the last, you know, four or five months, literally just been more or less avoiding my husband, you know, because I don't want to get pregnant and I've been asking the Lord and he's not saying anything and, you know, and just kind of word vomited all of my struggles and all of the TMI and all the things. Um, and we got very real and these are amazing friends who also got very real with me. And, um, one of them in the most loving and yet just straightforward way said, well, if you're running away from your husband to avoid pregnancy, that's not putting it in God's hands either. And at that point I was like, "Ah." first I was like, shut up. (laughs) Don't say that to me because I knew she was right. Um, and so in the midst of that, I, um, I just had that heavy conviction come. And then another one of those friends was like, well, you could always just like maybe try a barrier method and see it, you know, how it goes. See if you feel convicted in the midst of using that. So I didn't feel good about using that barrier method idea. Um, But I, you know, kind of went with the like, okay, we will just try without actually, um, you know, doing the things that would make a baby, but just being intimate uh, with my husband and just enjoying one another and seeing if uh, how we felt in the moment, how that conviction fell and just kind of, you know, inviting him. And so um, in that in that place uh, with my husband, I actually got um a vision from the lord and it was just this like i was i saw pregnancy i saw the birth and i saw this child in our family and it was just it was very short but it was the entire you know overwhelming oxytocin fill of like what it is to have another child in your in your family and and like just knowing them and feeling them and like who they were. And it was like, of course I want that baby. Like, that's my baby. Like that's give me my baby, you know? And so at that moment, it was just a sweet and beautiful repentance. And I was like, repentance feels good. (laughs) So we, you know, at that point I was like, okay, you know, um, you give me a baby. Um, he didn't, but (laughs) spoiler alert there, not pregnant. Um, but after, um, later on that evening, I basically heard the Lord say to me, I won't give you a baby until I know 
that you are ready. And it was just that peace that I have always had the blessing of walking in with my fertility in his hands to go, oh yeah, you know, if I'm ready, you know, the, the practicalities, you know, there was a lot of things that I had been weighing out about, um, you know, my next season in midwifery and, you know, and just busyness and timing and all the things that it just didn't feel like I could possibly. And I was like, all right, you know, all of the things that are coming that I don't even know the things that I'm planning and what you're planning and, and I can trust you and, and you, you love me and, you know, like you're going to be wet walking with me um, when you do see fit for another perfect human being that you want to put, you know, into our family. And so it was just a freedom um, to trust him in this very radical way. And again, I don't expect or believe that everyone is called to that. Um, but for me, it was an invitation into a repentant place because my heart was not right. Um, and, you know, and, and frankly, he had already told me, you know, like he had told me 12 years ago and his word had not changed for me. And, um, and so in grace and in love, he called me to that repentance and, um, and yeah. And then I started getting all of these prophetic words from people saying that they saw a new baby hole coming. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So one even was like, uh, she was one of the friends, but she hadn't seen the conversation that I'm, that I referenced. Um, but she's in that, that friend group. And so I was like, so update, blah, 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 blah. And I explained everything I just shared, um, probably in a little more detail than I did here. And, um, she was like, wait, what, tell me what's going on here. Cause I missed that. And, uh, the Lord told, you know, so she, so I tell her and then she's like, Last week, the Lord told me another baby hall was coming, but he also told me not to tell you. And I was like, of course he did. <laughs> and she was like, but I'm released to tell uh, yeah. you. And I was like, yeah, because he knew I was not ready to hear it then. Um, yeah. So it was just. And he wanted it to was tell just, you himself first, it seems like. Yeah. Like yeah, he, he told you first. Um, and then then the prophetic started being released. For, yeah. Being released. Yeah. So it was just a very just again yeah. kindness it was like i know when you're ready yeah i'm not going to you know just drag you through this i'm going to lead you i'm going to gently lead you um which has always mm-hmm. been a special verse to me you know that i will gently lead those with young yes um, love that one so um yeah that's my story on this particular topic um but yeah I am so grateful to you for sharing it with us, especially since it is really so fresh. Like it's such a right now in process thing for you. Um, yeah. So that's, that. thank you for the gift of that story. And there's so many takeaways from that that are, and the takeaways are not like, be just like Lauren and open your womb up radically for, for all of time. But the takeaways for me are things like remembering like, who God is when you're making these decisions and how well he knows you and your future and your circumstances and your family and your children who are born and your children who aren't born and loves you and them more than you can comprehend. And like, that's the person that we're trusting when we make, when we have these conversations with him, like this is the God that we're walking with through our fertility journeys, whatever that ends up looking like. And 
And for when I posted on Instagram this past week that you and I were going to do an episode about this, I had a lot of comments because I, I, so many people think about this. Two jumped out at me. One was a woman who was like, just sharing how the Lord was so clear with her that they were supposed to be done. And she's a little sad about it even and didn't really understand. And then later it became apparent why. So, cause again, he knew their future. He knew. Um, and so they were obedient and they stopped. And then another woman who's the Lord had told her very early on exactly how many children she would have. Like he was just really clear with her and that's exactly what happened. (laughs) And, and even the number of boys and girls, like he had pre told her, so there's so many ways the Lord can interact with his daughters and, and lead us in this area. Um, but remembering who he is, it's always with a kind heart and with gentleness yeah. and neither to deprive us nor to run us into the ground. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so Such good. a good story. Yeah. Do you want to share your um, journey or... What are your thoughts on on this for you and your husband? Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to share a little bit. Um, again, this isn't the right way for everyone, but uh, pretty early on, I think we agreed that we would have a one baby at a time motto instead of a this is how many children we're going to have predetermined yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's been so, like we yeah. have a baby and then it's almost like checkpoints. Like, here's a baby. Let's check in with the Lord again. <laughs> like, Um, And just listen and be alert. Like, does it seem like there's another one that he has for us or not? And so we had four in relatively quick succession that way. Like our first four were born and then five and a half years. And then we both hit a wall. Um, (laughs) I mean, having four kids under the age of five and a half is intense. We both hit a wall and felt, I think, freedom in that time to think we were done. <laughs> I say think we were done because spoiler alert, you all know I have six kids. Um, <laughs> but it felt okay in that time to refrain and to just do natural family planning um, mm-hmm. to avoid for a while, for a while. And, um, and then God is so good. Again, he kind of started seeding this like openness in me that I didn't see coming after like two or yeah, two and a half years. Um, but I was really tentative with it because I, my husband was still saying things like, if we have more children, I will die. <laughs> so I was like, better not mention that I'm feeling open to a fifth. <laughs> um, and there's a couple of really crazy little stories where like a foreshadowing almost about me getting pregnant. Um, and then he was, Tim was out of town, out of the country shortly after our 10th anniversary getaway and while he was gone I started suspecting I was pregnant and took a test like the day he got back and I was and I was terrified to tell him terrified Mm -hmm. but the Holy Spirit had absolutely gone ahead of me and had met with Tim while he was overseas in this really cool way to like open up his heart suddenly to the idea of more babies and I didn't know that though like I because I hadn't even had a chance to debrief this trip with him yet But to my surprise, when I told him, like, through fear and trembling, I'm pregnant and was expecting an emotional negative response, um, he was like, okay, yeah, I actually just, the Lord just prepared me for that. So anyway, and then she, after she was born, um, 
our hearts were just opened up to like, oh, maybe one more. So then we tried to tried to have our sixth, like intentionally. But this was a conversation too. We we're like praying about it separately and talking about like what we were scared of and like what did we need to let go of in order to to be open. Like we both sensed there was this other child God had for us, but we both had these reservations and we had to kind of surrender those and repent of those and um both felt kind of scared, honestly, to open ourselves up to it again, but also knew it was the right thing to do. So now we have our Gilbert. And so here, Gilbert's now five months old. And I was telling Lauren before we recorded, we're due for another check-in, like another checkpoint with the Lord, like with a one baby at a time motto. Um, it's time to ask him again, you know? Yeah. Um, so because that. my fertility also came back frighteningly early this time, <laughs> I was like, no, not yet. Don't do that. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's so good. I love that motto. And I love, um, I think the thing that stuck out to me the most in that story was like, again, how he gently leaded your husband, you know, like he, he opened your heart. He opened your husband's heart in the timing that he knew he wanted to bring another baby into your family. And it just, he's just such a gentle and good God. Um, and when we when we can have that view and understanding of his character, I feel like it just ushers so much freedom and so much um, grace to be able to trust um, either way, right? Like trust that you're done to tr- or to trust that um, there's there's more to come or that you're in a pause or what like to trust him in whatever circumstance you're in. Um, that he's going to gently lead you. Like I just over and over, over and over, we see that. And um, I just love that we can trust that he is that same God for all of his daughters and all of, all of his um, sons, you know, like your husband's involved in this, this as well. Um, mm, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's been so kind in the way he's led us. Yeah, I never thought I would have six kids. Like, never. But here I am, and it's just right, and it's good. And I know that if there's a seventh, um, which at this particular moment I don't exactly want there to be, <laughs> but if there is, I I now know God will be there, and that will be perfect too. And there's no future of mm-hmm. mine that God isn't in with me. And so, therefore, whatever comes, um, it will be just right. Yeah. And it's, it is just so, it feels so good. Like you said, repentance feels so good. It feels so good to relax into trust of a loving father as we try to steward our fertility instead of trying to be so controlling and like hold it so tight and micromanage it. It's tiring to try to do that. It is, it is, you know, and I think that, you know, I guess this for me, what comes up to me, I guess, kind of moving to the next thought is, you know, what about those pregnancies that are unexpected, unplanned, you weren't open yet, (laughs) um, and yet you find yourself pregnant? Um, That's a very real situation um, for so many women that they find themselves in. Um, So that's, you know, that's, I just want to be able to speak grace to that. And, um, you know, recognize that he is gently leading you and it's okay and valid to have your feelings, but not let them lie to you. So, you know, 
yeah, I mean, that that's really, and I say that all the time, uh, you know, feel your feelings. They're valid. They're real. Um, but that, that you don't have to let them lie to you. And I, I can't speak, you know, honestly, even the, the unwanted pregnancy also brings to mind the, the, the pendulum swing of the, the infertility battles and the idea of I'm wanting a baby and the Lord's not giving, um, giving that, that to me. And, um, I know Brooke and I, neither one of us can speak to those journeys. Um, but I can say that we serve a God of hope. I can say that he sees you, that he knows you and that your feelings are valid, but you don't have to let them lie to you. Know who he is, know how he sees you, know what his, you know, ask him, what is your perspective over the circumstance I find myself in right now? Because even though it doesn't feel good, I know you are a good and, and so again, because I can't speak to that from a personal experience and I do not ever want to hurt someone with my ignorance or my own, you know, with my words, um, you know, we just also want to open an invitation. If you are someone who's on the other side of that journey and you have a story of hope um, on either one of those, on the unwanted pregnancy or a desire for pregnancy um, that you're not seeing fulfilled. If you're on the other side of that and you have, you know, seen the glory of the Lord, you've seen the hope you've get, gotten that peace and you have a story to share that would be a bomb to a woman's heart that is in the midst of either one of those, please reach out. We would love to hear your story and um, feature you on the podcast because um, I think we can't give those situations um, due diligence uh, not having um, walked through them other than to say, we're your sister in Christ. We love you. We're praying for you. Um, and, and, and we do serve a God of hope and love. So um, yeah, I just want to mm -hmm. make sure that you feel seen and heard so in this well conversation. Mm -hmm. Hearty. Amen. So it's kind of a pivot from what we've just been talking about, but I wanted to make sure to come back to this word steward. It's even in the, title of this episode, Stewarding Fertility, because in conversations with my husband recently and with Lauren, as we've prepared for this episode, that word just kept jumping out at me like this. I was like, this is the best verb I can think of <laughs> to describe what it is we are doing with our fertility is we're stewarding it. But then I thought, do I really even know what that means? <laughs> so I just was doing a quick dictionary search as one does and found that in the dictionary I looked up on Google Steward as a verb was this, to manage or look after, and then it put in parentheses, another's property. And I thought, okay, yep, managing and looking after our fertility, that makes sense. But so does this, this thing about another's property seems really significant to me. Um, it implies that our fertility isn't really ours, which is a weird thing to say because it's so deeply personal. Like it's in our body. Like it's a cycle we live with every month. It's a babies we grow in our own bodies. But ultimately, just because our lives are not our own, they've been bought with a price. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Then also our fertility is ultimately not our own. Like, which is so, I don't know, that hits me in an interesting way. Like it, it really isn't just mine to be like, well, this is what I want to do with it. It's, it is something that I've been entrusted with as a privilege to get to like co-create with God through fertility, 
but it isn't mine. And that's a weighty responsibility and really drives home what we were saying earlier about how this is a conversation to keep having with the Lord because it's, it's his. <laughs> um, and, and so that's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to steward something that we have been entrusted with um, as women and as, and our husbands also. I think. And part, yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, like it's the perfect word because he is the author of life. He is the, you know, like our lives belong to him. Our children belong to him. Um, everything under the sun, everything in the heavens and under the sun belongs to him. And um, I think when we recognize that, uh, that peace can come, uh, you know, and, and the, the decisions can become um, less, I mean, not, not any less difficult, but almost so that's for lack of better word, it's just not as hard anymore to recognize that this is, that he's responsible, you know, like if it's his fertility, if it's his decision to bring life into this world um, and not ours to prevent or to, to bring forth um, because no matter what, truly we can, uh, the world has come up with all sorts of ways to prevent pregnancy and, and tragically um, take life and death into their own hands and end pregnancy. Um, You know, like, But if we recognize as daughters of the most high that this in our lives, if we've committed our lives to him and everything in it, and he is the Lord of our lives, this is his fertility, then like it's his responsibility, right? Like it's his responsibility to um, take care of his child. It's his responsibility to take care of you and your pregnancy and your birth and your finances and your child Mm. and your child's health. And like, he's not a God that's going to usurp his responsibility. He's not a father that's going to abandon his child. And like, that is huge because just like we talk Mm -hmm. about our personal responsibility and our own autonomy, like if this is his fertility through you as a vessel, um, one, he's not trying to use you like, some used up rag. He loves you. He adores you. And, and he desires to be in partnership with you. But if we commit our whole lives to our savior and our Lord and our King, then like, he's not usurping his responsibility in that either. Um, And that's where that trust comes in um, that we can then radically trust God with our wombs, both opening them and closing them that he he knows and he is in the hard times and the difficult times and the times of doubt and the times of confusion and the times of fear, um, you know, like in this fallen world with all of that, like he is present in every single mm-hmm. moment. And I think that is, is where we can get freedom in being able to steward that. Um, and then that leads me into the next thought of like, what's our responsibility then? Right. Like yes. how do we steward yeah, good that? Question. He is the one that is ultimately creating life. Um, then our stewardship comes into taking care of our fertility from a health standpoint, from a, um, you know, relinquishing control, but it also looks like taking care of your body. Like, you know, there is, 
a difference in saying God told me to leave my fertility in his hands and using that, you know, almost like as an excuse to be irresponsible or to not make a decision, to not mm-hmm. have discipline, um, you know, just to be able to say, okay, God said, so I just don't have to make any thoughts around it. I don't have to think about it. I am not inviting you into being irresponsible with your health or with your body or with your relationship with the Lord and your husband. Um, but but to have an open conversation always. And, and what does that look like to trust the Lord with your fertility? Um, you know, and again, we've kind of always used that that language to almost mean he gets to decide and I'm not preventing or I'm not, but like, I want to almost change that definition of trusting him with your fertility to mean that might be him closing your womb. That might be, you know, trusting that he said three is enough. That might be trusting that he said, like, that's truly trusting with your fertility being open, closed, turned off, whatever, um, you know, trusting Let's let's steward our fertility and trust him in all things. And then what does that mean for us? That means making conscious choice of, you know, walking in faith and responding in responsibility that my body um, is bringing forth a legacy or maybe, you know, or, or it has brought forth that legacy and it's done. Um, but it's not just throwing up my hands and saying what will be will be because um, that's not faithfulness. That's not. Mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. partnering with him um you know to be a sick depleted unprepared vessel for a human life that you're saying he can put inside of you like we have to be responsible in that of going okay if i'm feeling like the lord saying he wants to give me more babies then what do i need to be doing in this moment you know and for me that's looking like okay I'm noticing that my progesterone is a little low. I'm noticing some unhealth in my thyroid. I'm noticing that I'm not eating yes. enough calories. I'm noticing this, that, and the other. And and so that means right now my job is to be a healthy vessel, is to be able to be open to that child that he's asking to put inside of me. Um, can I openly, not just heart open to this child, but is my body ready? Um, that is, is the responsibility mm-hmm. I'm looking to partner with that co-creation with him. Mm-hmm. Now it's- and that's an extension really of what we talk about when we talk about our bodies are um, a temple of the Holy spirit. Like already we're supposed to be taking care of our yes. bodies because the Holy spirit dwells in them. Like yes. we are a temple and that deserves honor and respect and like good treatment and caretaking. Yes. And then on top of that, we're talking about putting another human life into our wombs. Like um, that is deserving of our careful, attentive care um, in making that vessel one that can truly build a baby with God that's really well and has a great start to life. And this is interesting. Science has a word for this. Epigenetics. It's such a cool word. Like that there is a generational legacy of the nutritional and health choices we make right now through generations to come. So it's not even just about this baby, but on and on and on. Like, yeah. You're shifting your grandchildren's health. You're shifting, you know, it's a legacy truly. Um, And so, you know, I had this picture when we think about the temple 
And like, it's like, if God said to keep the doors of the church open, but you're letting the building fall apart. Um, but then going, well, at least my doors are open, you know, like, well, yeah, but what if the roof collapses on someone? What if there's no place for them to be right? Like there's no, what if it's not the, a, a well taken care of building that is part of the get, keeping the doors open is that stewarding of that, that building. Right. And so I think that it's just that your temple is holy, your temple is cared for, that you're not abusing or usurping your responsibility in in being um, open to the Lord and in how he, you know, how you trust him with your fertility. Um, and again, I want to like another just disclaimer here. I'm not blaming women for for miscarriages or bad outcomes. And I know that I've had this conversation in the past with someone and that they started to hear that. Um, and that's not at all mm. what I'm saying. And so if you are hearing that, that's not what I'm saying, please hear me. You know, like we're called to be good stewards, but that doesn't promise us outcomes or ultimate control by any means. It's just like recognizing right. this is part of stewardship, right? Like life doesn't lay in our hands and a baby can survive in a, the most unhealthy drug addicted pregnant woman's body and it can die in the healthiest of moms. Like this is not about us controlling life. Um, it's just about being, you know, what are we responsible of? What are we in control of and, and making sure that we're stepping up to the plate in those things. Um, so yeah, true is that. Yes. That's, you know, we're just, I'm just calling you up higher to wisdom and good stewardship of your temple. Amen. Yeah, that's so good. And so what about, here's an interesting question that I also hear a lot. I want more babies. My husband doesn't or vice versa. What do we say to those couples who are not on the same page as their spouse or they feel perhaps really convicted even like you were saying that they're supposed to radically keep their wombs open and not try to prevent that their husband wants to get a vasectomy tomorrow. Um, this is another yeah. question that comes up when I hear that the family Man. planning and the stewarding of fertility. I don't know if I have a tidy answer to that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know that any of these are tidy answers, to be honest. Um, that is true. It, it does, it, I think it's going to come back down to, you know, trusting the Lord. Um, you know, the, the goal always has to be unity in a marriage. Um, and mm -hmm. you know, in those kinds of situations, like, yes, talk to your husband, plead that, find a, a middle ground in that waiting, recognize that his opinion on this matters just as much as yours. Um, you know, that, that if he's feeling closed down, um, to having another child, I would be asking like, why, while you're feeling very open and desiring, like I would be seeking, not necessarily, we need to come to the same conclusion right now, but we need to figure out why the other is on a different page and, and start seeking unity instead mm -hmm. of agreement. Um, and, and that's what I would encourage, you know, like, Hey, let's not make permanent decisions while I like, can you love me enough to not make a permanent decision? on this and I can love you enough to not try and force a pregnancy right now. Um, and we can do all of yeah. the other things. I can make concessions here, here and here, and we can try and avoid until, because honestly, 
my guess would be, and this is just kind of a guess, but like in a situation like that, I'd be like, okay, is it maybe he's trying to take into, into his own hands a permanent solution because you guys haven't been able to hear one another and where you're at. So just, Mm. and there could be thousands of situations and, and scenarios, but like, that's just one of like, why don't we set our own opinions down and seek unity instead of agreement and figure out where, you know, seek that understanding. Where is he at? Where are you at? Why are you there? What is the Lord saying? You know, let's fast over this. Let's pray over this. Um, and, you know, again, that's assuming that your husband is a believer. And I realize that that's not even always the case. Um, but ultimately, right. if your your spouse is making a permanent decision like that, truly, um, if the Lord has a baby for you, it doesn't matter what permanent decision <laughs> is made by anybody. That's so true. Uh, what we call yeah. God's going to have the last say, you know, like, and if he has promised you a baby and yep. your husband goes out and gets a vasectomy against your wishes, um, the Lord is going to have the last say, like, that's just it. And so, I mean, I have been to the births of, of two vasectomy baby, you know, like post vasectomy baby. Oh, you have. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the same woman, like, and, you know, it was definitely his child, but like they, you know, they still had babies even after the quote unquote permanent decision. Um, and I've, I've heard the same of even tubes tied, those miracle babies happen. Um, and so just know that um, the Lord's going to have his say either way. And we're just called the stewardship. And sometimes that stewardship looks like stewarding your marriage well uh, and getting on the same page before you are you know, focusing on anything else. Yes. And amen. I think that was a really good answer to that question and it isn't tidy, but it's still a good answer. <laughs> so, and I will just add this one thing that the, somebody told me this, I feel like it was early marriage advice somebody gave me, but it also might've come in a different context. Anyway, the phrase remains the same. Seek not to move God or seek not to move man except by God through prayer. Um, meaning yes. I always tell women this, if you feel like you're right and your husband is wrong, Try, 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 try to resist the urge to argue him into seeing it your way. And I know that's hard because I feel like I'm really good at having verbal zingers when I need to have them. But like, if you can hold it in and go to prayer first and say, God, if this is really what you want, move my husband, you move him in his heart. Don't make, I don't have to be the one to go move him with my fine arguments or my emotional pleas. So I think that's another piece of it for me when it comes to if you're not on the same page about family planning, start with prayer. So, yeah. And um, so on that Standing note, ovation. we <laughs> thought at first that we would get into. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, we originally were going to get into things like abortifacients, like hormonal birth control and barrier methods and surgical birth control, but we're not going to today. So what are we going to do instead? Lauren? <laughs> So we actually have um, a, a guest coming soon that we're going to talk a deep dive on natural family planning. And so I think what we will do is just do a methodology. You know, this one's really been the spirit of the thing, the heart of um, this decision and inviting the Lord into these um, conversations. And then we can, you know, have another episode that we really talk about the the practicals of 
how um, we can chart uh, our cycles and really understand the nitty gritty of natural family planning um, and, and set someone up with that kind of that, that methodology and maybe dive, deep dive a little bit onto our views on um, some of the contraception availability options. Words are, are hard right now. <laughs> some of the available options out there and whether they line up um, scripturally or not. Perfect. That sounds great. I'm excited to do that because we are both awesome. a little opinionated about the matter. And yeah. yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> but first things All first, right. always Jesus. So, mm-hmm. yes. Well, shall I pray us out? Please. Hmm. Um, Papa, I feel like this conversation <laughs> kind of led me into just like a fresh oxytocin boost of love towards you. <laughs> it's just, just reflecting on your faithfulness um, in each of our stories. Um, just yeah, how you gently lead us. You're so kind. Um, and I'm so comforted by your, um, just how much bigger you are <laughs> than us and how much you foreknow and how all that you do in our lives is for our good and out of love. So I just pray that for every person, every woman who hears this um, and or her husband, if he listens to it with her, um, that you would just remind them deeply in their hearts of who you are, what your character is, what your heart towards them is when it comes to um, the way that they partner with you and bringing life into this world. And as Lauren says, birthing legacy. Um, Would you guide each family, each couple um, uniquely um, and out of the place of intimate conversation with you? that they would be confidently led forward, um, not stuck in a place of overthinking or fear or control, but just to find that sweet spot of surrendered trust in you um, as the one who knows how to put together a family. You know how to put together a family in just the right way. Um, And we can trust you for that and we can bank on it. So thank you for who you are to us. Thank you for who you are to our children, to our husbands. And um, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Holy Wild Birth. We hope that you were genuinely encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. If you're loving what you hear, please make sure that you share it. Leave reviews. That helps other mamas find this content as well. And don't forget to read the show notes, okay? Because that's where you can find our email address if you want to reach out to us and start a conversation. It's also where you'll find free offerings as well as invitations to work with me and or Lauren. We can't wait to get to know you. See you next week. Bye.